Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision-free big book study. My name is Russ M. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today's Friday, December 29, 2023. Today we're reading from the Doctor's Opinion, page XXBI, that first paragraph, starting with the physician who had our request for one paragraph ending with this physical factor is incomplete. All right, our, our uh, reference numbers for, uh, no, the readers, I'm sorry, the readers. For the 12 steps, we have Stephanie R. For the traditions, we have Evelyn B. Reading the text is Loretta H. Page 164 is Amory M. Backup reader is Susan H. Newcomer greeter is Marjo. Second hour host is Ann A. And the announcements is Nancy C. Now, our reference numbers for yesterday, Thursday, December 28, 2023, the 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting was 20,981, 20,981, and the 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting was 20,982, so 20,982. The OA preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Here are the steps we took which are suggested as a program of recovery. I will now ask Stephanie R. to read the 12 steps of OA. Good morning, Stephanie R. from Missouri, Recovering Compulsive Overeater. Here are 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food and our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening, as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, and I pass. Thanks, Stephanie. Next up is Evelyn B., and she'll read the 12 Traditions of OA. 
Good morning, everyone. Evelyn B. from Massachusetts. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personality. And I pass. Thanks, everyone. Appreciate it. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature and stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There's no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book and the doctor's opinion. We're on page XXBI. And we're reading that first paragraph, the physician who at our request uh, through that paragraph uh, to this physical factor is incomplete. We're only reading one paragraph. And uh, I asked Loretta H. to start us off. Good morning, Russ, and good morning, all. Loretta H. in North Carolina, compulsive overeater, recovered for today. And I want to thank all of you, along with my precious God, who is saving my life. I am definitely a compulsive overeater and very glad to be here. Okay, so the physician who, at our request, gave us a letter 
has been kind enough to enlarge upon his views in another statement which follows. In this statement, he confirms we, that what we who have suffered alcoholic torture must believe that the body of the alcoholic is quite as abnormal as his mind. It did not satisfy us to be told that we could not control our drinking. Just because we were maladjusted to life, that we were in full flight from reality, or that we were outright mental defective. These things were true to some extent. In fact, to exact to considerable extent with some of us, but we are sure that our bodies were sickened as well. In our belief, any picture of the alcoholic which leaves out his physical factor is incomplete. And this I identify in 100%. I'm a real, real compulsive reader, and I'm also a real, real, real anorexic. And when you're an anorexic, you're actually eating your body. So I am, that is my allergy. Now, it's controversial just as um, Dr. Silkworth uh, might have been expelled from the medical society. I hope I don't get expelled from this society. But that is my allergy. And because he, I did a little study on him. Um, he says, to drink and an allergy of the body that condemns one to go mad or die. And that's what anorexia does to me as a uh, compulsive over anorexic. And so I, I know my body's sick. And in fact, I've shared this many, many times. I am recovered today. But when I have a problem, I actually think about not eating because that is my survival or was for 54 years. I'm now 76. I don't use that survival technique anymore. And today, because of the steps, because I have a God in my life who has given me a third step prayer trust fund, turn my will and my life over to him. That means my thinking, which is very anorexic, and my actions, which today are the 12th step. So today, what I actually crave every single day is neutrality in all my affairs, because that will stop the desire to starve, because that is really where I actually feel power from. And um, today, I don't use that power, because the only power I have today is God and working this step. And I nourish my body today with food, real food. And I go to a nutritionist. I never, ever tell anybody what to eat because I don't know how to eat or about their weight or anything. But today I have a proper meal plan that I do text out to a person 20, some 22 plus years. Um, and that is how I stay recovered today. But I work the steps. I crave the neutrality in all my affairs. That neutrality is the principle of step 12. So I, I'm sorry, of step 10. And so I need to do a lot of steps to keep that channel neutral and clear. And so with this program, it has saved my life. God has saved my life. 
And I want to wish all of you surrendered serenity today and for the new year. Thank you for letting me serve. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Loretta. Perfect timing. All right, we're going to open up the lines for sharing. And uh, although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day. If you shared Wednesday or Thursday, please step back. Now, all, all those to get a shot to share. And um, one at a time, please. Who wants to share? Harlan G. Melissa. Rachel K. Janice. 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 Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. We got Harlan, got Melissa, uh, Reva P, uh, uh, Janice. Hold on, hold on. And Reva. Did you get Christina, Russ? We're going to get you now. So Reva P. Uh, there's a Rachel K. Christina J. There was Christina J. Rick J. There was someone in there that I missed. Um, was Shanna C in there? Did, did I hear that? I, I think I might have heard that. We're going to put that at the bottom. Put her at, at the last. But, May I be added? Okay. Leah S. And Leah. Man, we got a crew today. Awesome. All right, Harlan G., Melissa C., Janice P.M. Okay, Lisa thanks, C. Russ. Thanks Rick, for your service. Rick, <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> so no, no. I'm, go ahead. I'm glad to be here today. I have uh I have a very special day today. It was twenty five years ago today, December the twenty ninth, nineteen ninety eight, that I got abstinent, hopefully for the final time and I thank God and all of you and all of God's special servants for coming into my life and allowing me to live as a free man today. I'm free from the food, and I'm just, just as thrilled as I can be. Um, let's take a look at this paragraph, because it's it's absolutely vital to our understanding. For thousands and thousands of years, alcoholism, gluttony, any type of addiction, primarily let's focus on alcoholism, but it was thought to be a form of insanity, weak will, lack of character, laziness, craziness, all the things that I have heard from the day that I was born, that this is just a matter of pushing yourself away from the table. This is just a matter of just eating half and on and on and on and on. Narishkeit, which is Yiddish word for foolishness, like you could not believe. Doctors would tell me, just push yourself away from the table. Doctors would tell me, oh, it's just a matter of willpower. No, it's not. Dr. Silkworth, with no scientific backing, through only the power of observation and intuitive thought, gave this property to alcoholism and that he has been proven correct 100%. What is that property? That there is a physical side to this. He says... In this statement, he confirms what we have, who have suffered alcoholic torture, must believe, must believe that the body of the alcoholic is quite as abnormal as his mind. It did not satisfy us to be told that we could not control our drinking just because we were maladjusted to life, that we were in full flight from reality, or were outright mental defectives. Why is it that when I ate one piece of pizza, 
I wanted the second one more than I wanted the first one. I wanted the third one more than I wanted the second one, and the fourth one more than I wanted the third one. Why is it that in my body, the more I ate, the more I wanted? The more I wanted, the more I ate, the more I... And it was just endless. What set me apart? And it is what he is going to describe on Monday in the paragraph we're going to read Monday as an allergy. What is an allergy? It is an adverse abnormal reaction. Adverse means it's harmful. Abnormal means most people don't react the way I do. My friends ate one piece of pizza. They were done. Maybe they would split a second with somebody else. They were done with me. The more I ate, the more I wanted. That's because of the physical craving that sets me apart from the normal eater. With that, I'll pass. Happy New Year, everybody. Thanks, Or. You too. All right, next up is Melissa C., followed by Janice P.M. Hey, good morning, Ross. Thanks so much for your service this morning. My name is Melissa C., I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I live in New York, and um, yeah, big shout out to Harlan, and you know, happy, happy uh, OA birthday anniversary, abstinence date. So, um, truly miraculous, right? 25 years, um, and I think you know, I read this paragraph, and I'm so grateful to have this piece of information because this this was a life changer for me. Uh, unfortunately. It didn't, for me, when I first found this out, it did not mean that I got recovered the day I found it out. But I found out something um, that confirmed what I knew internally because, um, you know, no, you know, it says here, like, you might be kind of nuts in the head, and that might be true for some of us, you know, to a considerable extent. But even put that aside, you know, even when I straighten out, you know, in my head or or I'm not so crazy in my head, um, my body's sick. And if I leave that out, I'm leaving out a crucial piece of information. And that, you know, what for me was my alcoholic torture was um, trying to eat the way that everyone else ate. You know, I would hear things like um, the reason that, you know, I, I blew my diet was because I wasn't eating everything in moderation and that you know I was always initially attracted to the diets or the plans that were going to re-educate me you know to how I could eat everything um, you know whether it was counting points or or only certain hours of the day and those plans never worked for me because what I have is something that um Willpower cannot, you know, cannot battle. Um, when I eat something, I have to consume more of it. And that has been my experience from the time I was a very little girl. And I would, you know, see my siblings. You know, my mom would cut us all a piece of cake. And it was probably the same. My cake was probably the same size as everyone else's. But the second I put mine in my mouth, you know, the rest of my family could sit there and chat and talk and laugh, and I wanted everyone to go away, go away. And and I was already, you know, figuring out how I was going to get more cake, how I was going to get alone with it. And it wasn't because I didn't love my family, and it wasn't because I was a bad girl, and maybe at times, 
but it was because I have I have an allergy. I've got something inside me that once I take in certain foods, and for me also once I overeat, you know, foods, once I eat past the point of fullness, I trigger an allergic response in me, and I am powerless to that. And I'm so grateful to have that piece of information because that, you know, that tells me that I'm going to have to live differently from other people. Yeah, thanks uh, as well. And Happy New Year to all. Thanks, Russ. With that, I'll pass. Got it, Melissa. Next up is Janice P.M. followed by Reba P. Okay, uh, you can hear me. Um, Happy New Year to you. Um, and everybody else on the line, of course, and happy anniversary to uh, to Holland, who's uh, celebrating um, the miracle of this disease. You know, when I first read this, uh, I'm so this is so important. This paragraph, because you know, for centuries, for years, for years, I didn't have any explanation that I've heard. That would satisfy me as to why I couldn't control my eating and my thinking about eating, but mostly about the, my body. First of all, I didn't even know what a compulsive eater was. I had all kinds of reasons, and I was taught reasons. You know, the Irish people, uh, they don't eat, <laughs> and the Italian people have to keep eating because we all, that's our life is the foods. Well, of course, you know, but knowing that didn't help me. Um, you know, the thing is, I had to know what a compulsive overeater was. And here he tells me what my problem is. How can I surrender to any program, any anything, unless I know who I am and what my problem is? And I found out with with doctors telling Doctor Silkwick is telling us our problem right now that I need, I must believe that my body, the body that I'm in, that's the only body I'm going to have till I die, was sickened as well as my thinking. And my thinking was all crazy thinking, you know. Um, okay, I'll do it myself, which, of course, we know is impossible. So any picture, it says, that leaves out the body, that when I ingest the substance, not before, but after I ingest a substance, my body reacts abnormally to that particular, no matter how much I try, how much I go around the corner, how much I take a bath, all those things, it's still going to be sickened because I have the body of an alcoholic or a compulsive overeater. And this is what I have to know. I have to know this, otherwise I'm not going to get any treatment. Why would I want any treatment if I know that I can do it myself? And my body isn't the problem, it's my mind. No, no, no. It's this body when I ingest, I must believe, must, must. They say there's no must, but you know, (laughs) I must believe the truth. Don't believe the lies, because that's all I did ever, was believe the lies. Just cut down, push it away. 
push it away. Don't eat too much pasta. Just have a cup. I mean, hello. Once that substance was in me, I was off to the races. races. So you see, that's the problem. I found it impossible to stop eating once I started. And when I stopped, I started again because of my body, one part of the problem. Thank you so much, Russ, and that will pass. Thanks, Janice. All right, next up is Reva P., followed by Rachel K. Good morning. This is Reva P., recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto. Um, I'm so excited to share because for me, when I read this chapter, it was like, oh, finally, finally, I get it. They're explaining it. Um, And I now understand, you know, if I don't have a diagnosis, why would I be motivated to do a treatment? So for me, this chapter gives me my diagnosis. And the first part of my two-part diagnosis is that, and it tells me three times, three times, the body is quite as sick as the mind. Um, Our bodies were sickened as well. And there's a physical factor. So if I'm not paying attention, even within one paragraph, it's telling me the same thing three times. And for me, this whole, um, you know, part of the diagnosis that I have the physical allergy, I have an abnormal reaction that I want more, the more I eat, the craving gets worse, the more I eat. Um, It's so resonated. And I must believe this um, absolute necessity. indisputable must because if I don't if I don't get this part um, and I don't start you know entire abstinence I can't work the rest Um, so it was such a relief to have um, it laid out because that's exactly what I was experiencing and yes it was torture it was torture to be in the alcoholic um, ism cycle with the craving and the mental twist, the craving and the mental twist. And, you know, it boggled my mind that I could be quite functioning in so many areas of life. But with this, I did feel crazy. So I have to understand that I am physiologically different. And if I have some kind of physical allergy, I don't know too many people um, who outgrow like a peanut allergy. Um, It's there. It's permanent. I'm not going to ever not have the allergy Um, and it just resonates because that was my experience Um, and I tried I tried to have a little bit one one scoop one this one that and I I got this experience so thank you God for my diagnosis so that I understand the necessity of the treatment Um, and with that I pass thanks Reva Rachel Kay's up next, followed by Christina J. Thanks. Hi, this is Rachel Kay in Indy, um, recovered compulsive overeater. Um, happy birthday, Harlan. And um, yeah, I love this passage. For years, I, I 15, it took me 15 years from 1985 until 2000 in these rooms for me to finally get long-term abstinence um, by the grace of God. And for all those years, I bristled and rejected the idea that I needed to give up certain foods. My argument was, well, I binged on everything. I've binged on 
Brussels sprouts, frozen Brussels sprouts. Well, yeah, until the pizza arrived, <laughs> you know. I mean, if that was all that was available, yeah, I would binge on anything. But I finally had to accept the fact that, yes, I have an allergy of the body. I definitely have an obsession of the mind and a spiritual sickness, a spiritual, you know, that I had to have a spiritual solution. But first, it wasn't making things harder on myself by giving fights, by eliminating certain foods. It was making it easier. And, you know, I listened to all the voices that said, well, you're binging because you're depriving yourself and you don't want to deprive yourself. Well, you know, do I want to deprive myself of poison? Yeah, I do. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not deprivation. And I'm going to say something, and this is just for me. It's, it's not for everybody. But people say, well, what if it's like the fifth or lower ingredient? For me, I am like the alcoholic. I would not, if somebody, uh, you know, an alcoholic was at a party and they said, here, try this, try this drink. The, it's got vodka in it, but it's the fifth ingredient. They would not drink it. So for me, I have such a severe allergy to my alcoholic foods that I just don't mess with them at all because it makes it easier, not because I want to deprive myself, but because, you know, this program is rigorous enough without me having to deal with the allergy of the body. Is that the only component? No, because if that were the physical allergy was the only component, then I would just eliminate those foods, and I wouldn't go to meetings, and I wouldn't do service, and I wouldn't do steps. I have to do the steps to get that relationship with God, but definitely I'm so glad in this in this paragraph, it talks about must. There's not a lot of, you know, must in this book. I must believe that there's a physical component. So anyway, thanks for letting me share. Happy New Year, everybody. Hi, Rachel. Thanks. Before Christina J. jumps up there, let me let you know where we're at. We're in the doctor's opinion, page XXVI, that first paragraph, the physician who had all requests, ending with this physical factor is incomplete. All right, Christina, you're up. Hey, Russ. Good day. Happy New Year to everybody in Harlan. We're so thankful that God saved your life and is saving all of us today. Oh, God. You know, when I was born, I uh, went into full flight from reality right away, right away. And that led me to a maladjustment to life. When I first read this paragraph, I didn't believe this. I was like, I'm fine. I'm not, I'm not in full flight from reality. I'm not maladjusted. I'm certainly not immensely defective. But as time has gone on and I've gone deeper into the work in this program, I have seen those things, the wounds that were driving me to the physical and mental illness. Because when I have mental illness or, you know, full flight from reality, that autopilot numb, I'm maladjusted to what someone's talking to me, I react funny. You know, my body gets tense. I get filled with fear. The hormones go crazy. The cortisol rises. And in the past, the only thing I had was food, you know, and then I chased all kinds of other possible um, things to cure me. I, I, I chased a little bit of therapy, which didn't do a damn thing because I only worked with my mind, not my body. I um, was seeking relief in, uh, you know, sexual affairs. I was seeking relief in shopping, in um, anything, overworking, you know, and then the food was the main thing that kept appearing, kept appearing, taking me to hell. The alcoholic torture. I love the way they say torture. I love that word because it's so true to the very core of our beings. If we're really compulsive overeaters, we do not 
get away from the torture once we indulge. Oh, boy. Today I'm so grateful to be neutral, and that neutrality is a huge gift, and it leads to the deeper work. Leads to the, without it, we can't do it. I mean, that's my opinion. I could not find out anything about myself in the first three steps going to four. I had a person tell me once, oh, you can, you'll recover in step four. It's all right. Keep eating. No, didn't work for me. I couldn't see the forest for the trees. From the food, I am effed up. You know, I am effed up. So I've got to put it down. And then I start to go deep. Then I start to see things. And that fourth step is a miracle. It's hard. And the 10th step and the 11th step and the 12th step. I mean, we are blessed beyond compare. The thing for me is if I don't have God, I am always going to go back to alcoholic torture, the maladjustment of my life, and I'll always be in full thought and reality. If I don't have God, I'll always go to the food because that's my number one fix without God. And now God is my number one fix. But I've got to keep going to him. I can't leave the relationship. (laughs) Walk away from the one that loves me more than anything in the world. So anyway... I'm so grateful. This is our last Friday of the year, and I'm grateful to be able to share. love everybody, and thank you for helping me with my recovery today. I pass. Thanks, Christina. So next up is Rick J., followed by Shanna C. If not, I'm sure somebody will take the spot. Good morning, Russ. Thanks so much for your service. Good morning, brother. Rick J. here. I am a recovered compulsive overeater down here in Cary, North Carolina. Very grateful to be here. Wow. You know, a lot of stuff is going through my brain, my mind this morning. And speaking of my brain, you know, that's uh, that's the body that's sickened. You know, my my brain, you know, it there's a trigger. You know, when I eat certain ingredients and it doesn't affect everybody. And this is the part of my disease that will never be cured. It will always be this way. Just like I have uh, a positive blood, right? I'm never going to change that. It's a part of me, a part of who I am. And I love that we can go through these steps and we can be recovered from a seemingly hopeless condition of mind and body. Now, my body will recover from the effects of my compulsive eating, but my brain will never be cured. It will never be different. It will always have the same physical reaction to certain ingredients and foods. And with alcohol, that's a very simple concept. Alcohol. With food, you know, we go through and we we figure out what triggers us with someone who is recovered and then we refrain from eating that. Um, you know, and I I have been through this this uh this process and going through these steps and, and being in OA for, you know, 25 years. Uh, and speaking of 25 years, congratulations, Harlan. I started this journey about the same time you, uh, you know, you put down your last compulsive bite. And I, uh, I'm, I'm tired of fighting it. There's a part of me that always wants to believe that this time, my brain will react differently to certain ingredients. And, you know, and I'm not cured. I've, I've got a physical transformation because of the effects of living without the food. So I look differently, but my brain will always be the same. That will never change. And I can change my thinking and I can have a connection with a higher power. And this spiritual transformation through these steps that is outlined in this book is going to lead us 
into recovery and into freedom, you know, and that's a gift. But I have to remember that the one thing that I will never change is my sick in the body, this abnormal brain that will always have a trigger on certain ingredients. And I can change the mental obsession that leads me back to that, but not the physical allergy, the sick in the body. But so grateful to be living in freedom with all of you today. Love you all. With that, I pass. Thanks, Rick. Now, I thought I thought I heard Shanna C. in there. So, um, Shanna, if, if that was you, jump up on here. If not, we'll, we'll jump the last. All right, there S, you are up. Thank you so much, Rick. I am amazed at your uh, being able to moderate and listen to everyone. That is so, so admirable. Thank you, thank you. And I'm sure that Shannon will come on sometime. Anyway, um, you know, this is Leah S. in Brooklyn, and I... Um, it took me a year, but it didn't take me, actually, it took me a year. In 2012, I came into Vision, and, uh, no, I'm sorry, in 2013, and I became abstinent in 2014, but it took me my entire life. I was over my 50s until I came in. I was yo-yoing up and down. Never even dawned on me to think, hey, you know. And the truth of the matter is that I, what I really wanted to say is that I came in about my body. But Roseanne, she was she was like a, a, a pioneer. She really understood this, and and it 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 so well identifies not only me. But 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 also about um, about being an alcoholic. Uh, matter of fact, because I found out that I am a compulsive overeater, I I, I had a, a tequila one one a night, and I said, "Hey, I haven't had that in such a long time. I'm not an alcoholic." And then, hey, next week I want another one. I didn't even want that other one because I had gone through um, understanding what I am allergic to over here in 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 my body. I got I started studying my body. I started studying the Big Book. You know, go to page eighteen in the top of the paragraph. On top of the page, it tells me exactly what I am. I have an allergy to certain foods. And yes, I ate all kinds of foods, but you know, at some point or the other, enough is enough. And identify and get to know your body, Leah. It's okay. It's okay. And um so I found out what I'm allergic to. And um, I also found out, yeah, I was trying to micromanage. And I still am trying to micromanage my life. My God, these steps 
put me into place. This big book put me into place. The 12 and 12 put me into place. I'm so grateful to all of you, all of you. And with that, I will pass. Thanks, Leia. All right, so now we're going to take another list. So if you share on Wednesday or Thursday, please step back or ask someone else to share. And that's on any of the meetings. Who's up? Who would like to share? Lulu. Can I from Michigan. Hold on, hold on. Lulu. Lulu.
that this program, my sponsor, all the recovered people on the line and that may not be on the line today, everybody, in addition to the overriding blanket of love from my higher power, has allowed me to be recovered for today. And I am just, I am just overwhelmed with gratitude to be able to say I am joyously recovered from this horrible, horrible disease that drugged me through the mud, into the trash, into other people's pantries, into the store, stealing food. We all have stories that are kind of the same. They overlap, but that's not what's important. What's important is for those of us who can claim recovery for today, we know it was done by a higher power. We know our reliance on our higher power is what got us these seats. And I so, I had no idea that, okay, thank you, that the peace and serenity that permeates my life would come through the big book. So thank you for allowing me to share. And I pass. All right, Lily, thank you. Next up is PP, followed by Hanietta. Thanks, Russ. <clears throat> My name is PP. I'm a compulsive overeater, and I'm recovered today by God's grace and mercy. Thanks for taking the meeting. You do a great job, and congratulations, Harlan, on uh, your anniversary. It's a big deal, man. Really big deal, and I appreciate your leadership and, and all the information that you share with uh, all the folks. And, uh, so, yeah, man, like this is like like – you know, for for me, this paragraph is is good news. You know, it's it's good news. You know, because it, you know, it's telling me that there's something there's something in my body that's causing the issues I'm having with food, and you know, it's also telling me that I'm not a compulsive overeater because I can't manage my emotions, and I'm not a compulsive overeater because. You know, I act irresponsibly on the internet and and, and and like to behave like a like a single man when I'm a married man. That's not what makes me a compulsive overeater, right? That that may, that may give me questionable character, right? That 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 may that may cause me to do things that I may have be guilty or or feel shame over, and that may cause me to want uh, 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 comfort, ease and comfort. But that's not what that's not what my disease is. My my disease is that when I when I use substances that cause an abnormal reaction, I lose control altogether over how much of that I'm going to take, or or I have very little control, and my thoughts are dominated about getting more of those things. And that's that's what differentiates me from other people. Not my behavior, not my not my emotions don't differentiate from other people. But but it does say. Our book is going to go on to say that, you know what, like, you know, we do have some, you know, we do have some behaviors and some challenges, and, and, and that is a big part of our problem. But if I don't ingest the substance, I can't get the phenomenon or, or engage in the behavior that causes the phenomenon of craving, I can't get it. Right? And that's all really that I have to make sure that I do. You know, and then we think to ourselves, well, then I guess the rest of the program is about treating the mental part of our disease, right? This, this, this maladjustment to life, right? This, this being full flight reality. And you know what? It's not. The rest of the program is not. 
right? Because the, what the book is going to tell us is that it's when the spiritual malady is overcome that we straighten out physically and mentally, right? See, the, the whole rest of the program is about straightening out, phys, uh, uh, straightening out spiritually, not mentally and physically. And when I straighten out spiritually, then the physical, then the mental is going to is going to work out. You know, when I know that no matter what happens, as long as I align my will with God and I behave in a manner that I think is acceptable in my higher power, I can't make a mistake. I may fall short, and I'll suffer from the from falling short. And unfortunately, in many instances, other people that lives touch mine will fall short, will, will get impacted. But I know that no matter what happens, as long as I don't pick up that substance, I can't get the phenomenon of craving, and I'm going to get through it. So with that, I'll pass. Thanks for letting me share. Thanks, Pete. Next up is Hanayeta, followed by Martha, I believe. Hello. This is Hanayeta R. from Texas. First, Rick, um, I want to thank you for your service. What a great job you do. Pauline, I want to say Mazel Tov on your 25 years. That's awesome. Um, I'm so glad that you're here to show us that it it does work long-term and uh, as long as we keep in fit spiritual condition. Um, I've been here since, I've been around since 1981, January 92, I got abstinent, clean, and sober. And thank God, um, I'm still abstinent, I'm still clean and sober. My abstinence hasn't been as good parts of recovery I've had, but um, 42 years, uh, it'll be 43 years in January, but, you know, I can't, I still have, I still hadn't learned that I would get abstinent and stay abstinent even 10 years, my first one was 10 years, and then I got pissed off and ate and had to gain 100 pounds back in six months. And I did the same thing. Oh, I gotta lose this weight. So I got abstinence again, maybe five years this time, and then stopped and gained it back. And then a hundred, anyway, on and on and on, up and down a hundred pounds. And um, then I finally, about three years ago, decided I found another way. I had to go do some more research. And it worked for a while. I lost ninety-five pounds actually 130 from a little before, but anyway, and here I am. The only thing I can tell you that I've gained from that is that this time I only gained back 60 pounds and not 130. I hope that I now have taken my last compulsive bite. And I've never worked through the big book the way I am now. And I've never had the support from my sponsor that I have now. We speak an hour every day. And I thought at first that was like totally ridiculous. Thank you, God, that I have a sponsor that wants to be with me for an hour a day, except for Saturdays. And it's it's a major. I go to this meeting every day. And I stay usually for both, so that's two hours a day plus an hour with my sponsor. I don't have time to eat compulsively. Thank you, God, that I'm not, I am in neutral. I don't care 
I'm not jonesing. I'm not trying to white knuckle. It's just there. It's easy. And I'm so grateful. I think God knew that if it wasn't easy, I wouldn't do it. So um, thank you, everyone, on this meeting. And Happy New Year. Thanks. All right, thank you. Next up is Martha, and I think it's you're going to be the last share. We have about two minutes. I believe it was Martha. Thank you so much, Rick, um, and happy birthday, Harlan. Thank you for everyone on this line. I'm just um, so, so grateful. This is Martha. Very grateful. Martha, oh, gratefully recovering bulimic and compulsive overeater from Vancouver, Canada, actually currently in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. And um, yeah, I just, I, the things, I just, this paragraph is everything to me, although it has taken me a solid, I think, 15 and a half years um, to understand, to truly understand and see that, that the physical allergy applies to my eating disorder behavior the same way it applies to alcohol, because I came into this program through AA where that was immediately clear to me. And for me, um, just, I, I, I'm so touched by the word torture being in there because I look at what I've done to my body for my entire life. And it, it is a form, a severe form of torture, um, especially the bulimia. And I know that I could have died of that on numerous occasions. And also the, the food behaviors and the sheer, just the years of my life that I've lost to these allergic behaviors where once I start doing them, I can't stop and they feed on each other and feed on each other. And I just feel like this, this, there's so much sort of bad news here, but it's also the key to my liberation. And I'm just so grateful that the grace of God has allowed that knowledge to enter my heart um, as much as my mind. But this, this time for this recovery, and I'm just grateful to have another day. And I wish you all a beautiful New Year. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Martha. So, Emory, we're going to have you. You're going to have to wait till the next meeting. I apologize. Um, so, uh, thank you to everyone at Share. Uh, please join us for a second unrecorded hour study immediately following the closing. And today's Share ID, Friday. The 29th of December, 2023 is 20,986, 20,986. We will now close, it, close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Well, well Anne-Marie, could you, could you read page 164? Our, method, uh, our book is meant to be suggestive only. Sure, yes. Hi, this is Anne-Marie M., uh, Recovered in South Carolina, thanks. And, um, yeah, congratulations, Harlan, for sharing your miracle, too, with us. Appreciate that. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we only know a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But, obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. 
clear away the wreckage of your past, give freely of what you find, and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.